This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soulfully Casual Podcast. This time on a Wednesday, uh, I'm your host, Matty Ice, and we're switching things up this week. Uh, I have the 50th episode coming up on Friday. And I have something special planned for that. So I'm moving our Falcon and Winter Soldier talk with Mike to Wednesday. So, Mike, how are you doing? I am doing absolutely wonderful. Uh, once again, you're in your car. Uh, the sunroof looks like it may or may not be open. And um, it is a beautiful day today. I actually went for uh, a walk and uh, I- I'm digging it. Like last week, it was rainy and cold. And uh, this week, the weather does not match the tone of the episode that we just watched. I don't know. I think there's a lot of hope in uh, in that episode there at the end. So I'd argue it's it's very spring-like in a way, kind of coming out of the darkness. Look at that. Look at you. Getting as deep as the writers are with the Marvel Universe, uh, trying to find things that probably aren't even there. So um, <laughs> I watched the episode early. That's why we're able to do it for Wednesday. I uh, had this planned all along, kind of like the Marvel writers themselves. I've got a big plot thickening here. And... Um, so what were your first impressions? Because we kind of talked a little bit offline. I was intentionally quiet, so we didn't give away content. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Fantastic episode. Uh, I mean, they just hit on every cylinder on this one when it comes to the you know action scenes were great. The storytelling was amazing, kind of wrapping everything back together, getting Bucky and Sam to kind of come to terms with their with their personal demons to kind of set up, I think, the finale. Uh which kind of will tie it all together. It was it was just a really well done episode. So I was doing a little bit of reading. Um, I also felt the same way. Uh, the biggest complaint that I read was that the um, the boat scene was too long, and I don't really understand where that comes from. Like it's just really odd. Like after I watched it, I thought the same thing. I was like, that was that was really good. I likened it to the last episode was Kill Bill Volume 1. This one was more Kill Bill Volume 2. Whereas Volume 1 was more in-your-face, you know, cheesy uh, spaghetti western action type stuff. Kill Bill Volume 2 was a lot of talking, a lot of exposition, a lot of, you know, thinking, basically. And that's what this episode made you do a lot of. Uh, And again, not really as in-your-face, I think, as a lot of people seem to think it is. Like, I've noticed now that our feelings on it are different than most of the viewing public. A lot of the viewing public feel as if it's too on the nose when I feel as if it's not really preachy at all. I feel as if it it works with the story and it's making you think. And I'm wondering if perhaps some of the themes that they touched on in this one, which were mildly unsettling, I have to say, some some of the stuff, sure. if, it's not hit, if it's not hitting people a little bit different and maybe that's why they're not digging it as much as we are because it's making them uncomfortable because they've never really considered some of these so we can start our deep dive with that yeah i mean i i, I look at that i, I assume you're, you're considering like when you talk about his interaction with isaiah and isaiah's feelings about the shield and about america and those things um i, I look at that as is not i don't think it was too preachy at all and i'm not i, I mean i don't think anyone's ever accused me of being too woke uh, that's for sure. Um, not that I'm a, you know, a crazy in any other direction either. Um, but I, I thought it was, it was perfectly done because what it did was it, it, it did open up your eyes and it made it, it, for example, it opened up Bucky's eyes and, um, and I think in a way like what 
uh, Steve's eyes would have been to the the conflict that that uh, that Sam has with taking the shield and his concerns for it is maybe they just don't appreciate right. Um, they grew up in a world and, and, you know, I could see that, like, I grew up in a world that was very insulated from a lot of that, um, not because, uh, you know, I grew up like in some small town of a bunch of people that look like me, uh, but I grew up in, I grew up as a, as a military brat. And so I, I grew up on, a, on military installations and I grew up with a lot of people that looked very different. And, um, I always said that I was a bit naive to the racism in America as a kid. Um, because I knew about it. I, I you know, I, I lived in Alabama for God's sakes. I, you know, when I was a kid at some point, like I knew about it. My Catholic school took me to, you know, to Selma and I get to walk across the, the tennis bridge. So I know exactly that it existed, but I was naive to the current levels of it that still exist and that long memory that comes with it. And I thought this was a great way of them saying, hey man, you don't realize what this is like. And they, they illustrated it so well, I thought with, with Isaiah, um, and then, so you understood Isaiah's, from Isaiah's perspective, like, you can't look at Isaiah and say, get over it, man. Like, yeah. there's no getting over it for Isaiah. He was screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's rightfully angry, and he's rightfully bitter. And I think they kind of help explain why that is. Uh, but what I thought they did, what, what I think makes it not too preachy, if you will, is they looked at it from a different perspective. They looked at it from Sam's perspective, who, who wasn't totally screwed by the U.S. government who has enjoyed some level of benefit from his service and from what he has done, despite the fact he's always feels a little bit like a second class citizen, probably because enough so where he's concerned about taking the shield, for example. Mm-hmm. But I think he looks at it and he goes, I understand his pain and his bitterness and it's, he's right to have it. And it's influenced me to where it makes me think, but I think his way of saying that I'm, it, it'd be, it'd be wrong of me not to keep fighting forward because of his bitterness. So his decision to say, I'm not going to let his bitterness affect my going forward. I'm going to make it better. That's why I talked about when I said, you know, this, this, this is such a great episode because it, it took those really hard lessons that made you think about them, but it delivered a hope as well for how we can all go forward together, you know, in a, in a new way, in a new thought. And I thought that was really powerful. I thought it was an amazing uh, way to kind of handle that very difficult uh, concept the uh the scene with isaiah it gave me the same vibe as the monologue of um quint in jaws when he talks about the indianapolis and you know how the sharks were surrounding them and all that kind of stuff like the monologue itself was so well done um you felt the emotion when he talked about i think it was his wife um yeah. and you know they they told her you know that he was dead and then finding out about the nurse that helped him basically and uh, if anybody who you know watched the episode and felt like it was too preachy or a little bit too deep um this is real stuff i mean you know maybe not to this particular extent but there are people in this country who have felt something in a different type of way and you and i have been insulated from it for different reasons i grew up in a smaller town there weren't as many non-white people but my parents also went out of their way to make sure that i didn't think about those things Right. I didn't think about what somebody looked like. It was what they showed you. And in a way that that insulated me, because when I saw these things happening, I wasn't familiar with it. I wasn't familiar to think about, oh, this could be happen. This is something that could happen. But, you know, Sam is struggling, I think. And they, they've made they've made nods to his blackness, for lack of a better term, over the course of time with 
the interaction outside of Isaiah's house the first time, uh, the police interaction and so forth. And and then thinking about the, the part that Isaiah, the, the, the line that Isaiah used that hit me the hardest when he said, no self-respecting black man would want to be Captain America. And that's the part I think you're speaking to where Sam has to now think about that because think about, um, you know, it, it's almost like they're kind of trying to make a call back to Obama being president in some fashion because it was it was difficult because I think there was a sect of people who didn't take it seriously because he's not a white man, you know, necessarily. And so Captain America is a symbol that is now above all of that, right? And that's that's one of the things I picked up is that, man, Steve's legacy is weighing down on everybody. And, and it's odd because Steve himself would never have wanted that. But man, you can tell like the scene where they're playing around with the shield, it, th that shield to them means something so much more than just whatever Captain America is. Like that is the embodiment yeah. of Steve and what he was. And they're trying to live up to it in different ways. And I think they right. did come to peace with it in some fashion. How that plays out, we're not really sure because I have some conspiracy theory thoughts um, <laughs> you know, in, in here. But I, I thought that scene was very well done. I thought actually the, the boat scene that led up to you know a lot of that after the Isaiah encounter, it spoke to a lot of different things. It tied some loose ends up for me because remember how Falcon couldn't get a loan for his family? So, yeah. and, in other, in, and in other episodes, who he was couldn't get him anything. But what his family had done over the course of time in that town was true heroism, and he was able to call in favors and get some things, and they helped save his family. So I thought that was an excellent tie back to those things. Yeah, um, that was really that was really well done. I, I I do appreciate that that as well. That kind of that they're they're everyday heroes, right? Who can make a difference? And they kind of showed that. And, and there is something to be said for a tie between individuals. So, yeah, yeah, that was that was important. Sure. And then um, I thought I also thought the boat scene again, you know, seems to be universally panned as too long, but I thought it added a little bit of um, peace to the whole chaos of the show so far. Um, you know, Bucky, <laughs> oh, I'm not used to it. I'm right-handed. Uh, you know, things like that <laughs> hitting on, you know, sort of having like a yeah. flirtatious moment with his sister. Uh, but also, it was supposed to be a cathartic moment. I think that's the point. And like. Yeah, it might maybe seem too long as a scene in all by itself, but sometimes catharsis takes a long time. It takes, you know, that, that long period of time doing something difficult over time. And I felt like that's what they were going to for this final, you know, end scene, if you will. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was too long. I, honestly, I, I enjoyed that part a lot because I felt mm -hmm. like it was it was a good way. It, it's I felt it served two purposes uh, for the story. I felt it, it served to to really get uh, Sam and Bucky as uh, to basically create a bond between them that, that never quite existed, I think, when, when Steve was with them. It was almost like two people vying for Steve's affection, if you will, in some yeah. small way before. And, and mm -hmm. so there was always a bit of animosity. And you saw that through the entire show up until this point. There was always a bit of animosity between the two. And so I think it was it was a good way of kind of fostering that relationship between them and kind of them coming to terms with that. Um and then for, for me, I look at it too, I mean, I think it's a, a realistic idea that like these two characters have been through a lot over the last, you know, couple days or weeks or whatever. And sometimes the need to get some peace, you know, they got pulled off the case, right? And so they, they have to go do something. And the idea that they were able to kind of find a peace somewhere where they didn't have to worry about someone trying to kill them or trying to figure out the who done it. They were just simply kind of 
you know, recentering themselves in preparation for the next the next thing. And I think a lot of people will say that, you know, if, if you're doing any kind of important work, if you will, right, sometimes you need that, like whether it's, you know, going for a run or doing that peaceful thing, going fishing, sometimes you do some of your best thinking then, you know, and so I kind of look at that as this is their way of kind of going, all right, let's, let's rethink about this problem set we have. It's a little more complicated than we realize how we're going to deal with this and just kind of, you know, sometimes you just need a break. And I, I look at it as I took a break and I didn't think, I didn't think by the show, I thought it was actually enjoy. Like I said, I enjoyed that part. I thought it was good storytelling. It made you yeah, enjoy the characters. It made you understand the characters better. Well, I think that's that. That was what hit for me because I've said multiple times now that the secondary characters have been far more interesting than the main characters up until this point. And it's not to the detriment of those characters. I think it's just more that the storytelling has been so dense and and uh, well done that you felt something more for the, the secondary characters than you have for them. And so. I felt that it made me care more about them going into this last episode because they're obviously going to be an integral part of whatever the conclusion is to this series, if we even get a finite conclusion. Um, and so I, I really just, I, I don't know, I just enjoyed it too because I think anybody who has had a friend that they've been either on the outs with or, or somebody that maybe they never thought that they would be close with and then, you know, something like this happens, and you're you're set forth you know, on a path that ends up you end up in the same place and you end up bonding over it and i think that's what i felt that whole scene yeah. was all about and they know what's coming and that's the thing is i think that they felt like okay we were taken out but they know that they're going to be a part of of whatever the ending of this is because there's no way around it it's inevitable for them um nobody else can handle it i don't think right and everybody no. else has shown itself so i think we we need to talk about the uh the elephant in the room for sure which is uh john walker um yeah man so started out as somebody who we didn't take seriously uh tried to make us feel something for him and then this episode was extremely conflicting because i think the intent was that you were supposed to kind of feel bad for him in in a way um but then demons personal demons and the serum i think is affecting him but i wanted to ask you uh the less than honorable discharge scene uh yeah, brutal that's brutal brutal, brutal. and i mean I, I, honestly oof. like that the, the whole scene leading up to that right so at the very beginning you see where he is he is emotionally drained and frustrated by his action when he killed that guy he, he was not happy that he did that he knew that was probably the wrong thing to do um he took his time to recenter himself and then you saw them show up and he goes okay time to go to work because yeah. That's what his buddy who just died always say, hey, man, get through it. It's time to go to work. And so he kind of takes that business-like approach to it. And it's, I think it maybe alludes back to the idea of, you know, the perfect soldier, you know, you know, vice the perfect man, right? You know, he's he's very much a good soldier in the sense that he's like, all right, I'm going to compartmentalize that problem and I'm moving forward. The problem with that is it's, it's uh, you know, all the implications of what happened with the shield and, and, and why they took it away from him. So I, it makes sense that they're going to take it away from him. But yeah, the 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 dis the other than honorable conditions discharge is uh, I don't even know if that's even feasible for someone who's won the Medal of Honor three times. Like I don't know if that's even like you know because I thought that came with a lifetime level of certain. So, so uh, that's basically eliminating everything. He's it's it's a really interesting commentary actually, right? Because you think about uh, some of the things that go on today, right? When people are canceled, if you will. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people will find one thing they've done or said recently, and you cancel out every other good deed or positive thing they've done throughout the rest of their life, you know? Uh, and now they're all of a sudden persona non grata. That's what happened to John Walker. You know, I mean, and I do feel sorry for John Walker. I think he is a conflicted individual. I don't think he's necessarily like supposed to be the you know the protagonist in this thing. But I think you are supposed to feel some sort of because he got. I mean, his. I mean, they, they've definitely built a motivation for him uh, to want revenge against you know the powers that be in this one. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, shock. That was pretty brutal. What I took away from it was basically the government did what they did to Isaiah to him outside of the jailing. Um, And I think that was the point is he was a white Captain America and look what they did to him. Imagine what they might, you know what I mean? Like think about, and and then, and then I think that happened before and then you get the Isaiah backstory. And to me, that was a clicking moment. I was like, you know, John Walker essentially got the same treatment. He just didn't disappear for 30 years, but he's essentially disappeared everything he's ever done, which I don't know how often that that kind of thing happens. Like, I, I truly don't know. I mean, they've made so many movies over the last, you know, 30 years about, like, I think about the the movie The Rock where, you know, all those guys that died um, and they kind of got forgotten about by the government and yeah. the soldiers were pissed about it. Who knows how often that that happens? I don't. But, like, think about, the, I mean, you know, this guy is somebody who has put his life on the line for the betterment of this country, to defend this country, and yes, he made a very, very critical mistake. And I think it's the fact that he made the mistake as Captain America, because right. America seems to put the symbol of Captain America over actually like the people who defend America on a daily basis. And right. I, I realized that he made a mistake. But one thing that is tough about John Walker is that he has now convinced himself that he killed the guy who killed his partner, which is not what yeah, happened. Yeah, that is weird because, and you know, it's funny. So the girls went back into the show and started watching it again this time. And Ava brought that up. She goes, do you think he understands that that guy didn't kill his buddy? And I look at her and I go, I go, initially I thought, okay, he's convinced himself to make himself feel better. He's lying about it. Then I'm like, maybe he just doesn't know. Maybe in the heat of it all, he knew his buddy was fighting that guy. And then all of a sudden his buddy is dead. He didn't register which person came in and did it and so he just basically found the first one that he could see or he sees them all as interchangeable it doesn't mm-hmm. matter that he, he he looks at it as you're all you're all against you all the you're all fly smashers you're all super soldiers your intention for all of you is to kill us therefore i don't care which one of you did it you all did it right that'd be like you know that'd be like uh singling out you know a if you have, if you were in like a, if you were in, I'm trying to like imagine his time period in the military. He's in a firefight against, uh, you know, the Taliban or, or or one of these groups in Afghanistan, right? And someone over there shoots and kills one of his soldiers, and then they shoot back and they kill another one of them that are also fighting in the same battle. Are you going to go back and be like, uh, actually, that guy didn't shoot that soldier; the other guy did. So you should have not shot that one, but you could have shot that one. Yeah. So I look at it that way and go like, it's a, I think it's, I think they're making a big deal out, out of it, but I think it's a bit of like, the question is, is it a, I think it's a psychosis. Maybe they're trying to show. Yeah. Does it, does it hold up? I don't know that it does because it's kind of like, I, I, I guess they've made it, they've made it an issue, but I don't know that it would have been an issue. I think it would have been better if you just be like, it doesn't matter who killed them. They killed them. I killed yeah. one of them because they killed him and I was chasing them and they were never going to relent. 
I think that would have been a better way to write it, personally, because it would have, it would have, it would have covered you know more realism probably. But um, yeah, it's uh, I, I do think it's it's part of his psychosis though, right? So he's he's cast aside by the U.S. government now. He feels like he he was only doing the right thing because he was you know avenging the death of his buddy by the person who he said killed him, or he's at least convincing himself of that. Um, so I think he just kind of brings into his whole layer of what's going to bring these issues together. So is this them sort of foreshadowing how there are uh, psychosis issues that come from the serum, essentially? Got to be. Got to be. be. Yeah, because they the the serum the new serum has only been taken by bad guys until this point. So he's the first yeah. good guy to take it. And it seems as if they are alluding to a lot of that. Um, I think you well, even saw it with, with Carly, right? Because we don't know... Mm-hmm. Like Carly seemed like a good person, right? She took the serum mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, like you even see her getting down that kind of radical. She got, you know, they talk about how she's been too far radicalized now. Was she radicalized by her cause or mm-hmm. was her cause combined with the serum enough to warp the way she thinks about the world and, and convince her that to do things. And maybe it's a allegory for power or something. I don't know, but it'd be, uh, it'd be interesting to think about. It could be, but the most interesting, the, the most interesting thing of the uh, John Walker character arc until this point is the introduction of a new character in the form of former Seinfeld actress and actually former Veep actress. I think she won multiple Emmys, uh, was uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And you would think hearing that ahead of time, like that character, like that actress, she plays a very specific type of character, right? Like there's something quirky about every single character that she plays, even even in Arrested Development, when you know she was the blind lawyer, right? All that yeah. stuff. Um, but she is the Countess Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, and um, I had to look that one up. I actually did not know who she was, and now that I've found out who she is in the comic books, I am really intrigued now because yeah, that one cameo, and I don't think we're gonna see her again in the next episode i think that's probably it um because i think they're setting up something big but it was enough so what i did find out is there were two pair two kind of paths for her the first one was that she was a shield agent and she actually dated nick fury which um if dick fury and julia louis dreyfus's character in these forms are going to meet like i'm totally in for it because that could be (laughs) awesome because you got samuel l jackson on one side who's one type of character and then you've got her on the other side right but then the biggest part of it was that her, the her entire story was that she was actually a Russian double and right. she worked for Hydra. She was actually called Madam Hydra. So mm-hmm. that adds a whole lot of different layers to this because you they could be going down a very a path like you talked about with uh you know uh John Walker being part of Zemo's group which could be led by her or or right. could be sort of like controlled by her. Um or they're going down the Hydra path again because this is a great way yep. to resurrect Hydra, which right. would make sense. Like we've talked about that before, how these big groups, you know, like even in Star Wars, just because it was 30 years ago, these things are cyclical. They happen. So right. I could I could kind of see that happening again. But I thought her inclusion was uh, was well done. I mean, you can tell that character is going to be bonkers. Yeah, I, I think you know, in, even before you get into the character, I just I just. You know, there's a reason why Julia Dreyfus uh, has won so many awards mm-hmm. for acting. Uh, her, you know, she plays a serious role with her, you know, bit of comedic, you know, style. And her comedic timing is just so good. 
mm-hmm. that the the very short amount of deliver we saw in that episode i just i couldn't help but kind of laugh at like the the very satirical and like you know creepily bad guy but also kind of funny nature that she delivered in that in that role i thought it was a great little scene and you're just like mm-hmm. it made you exactly like you said you can't wait to see where is this going because i would agree with you it's to me it almost like i, I wonder you know does this become like a is she assembling a team of you know anti-heroes or uh, or even like you know maybe mercenaries uh meant to do some sort of good bad maybe indifferent you know i don't know maybe she will build them as as you know mercenaries for a hire for the world to deal with its problems while the you know because the avengers are in you know whatever um i think it would be interesting if there was some relationship in the past between her and nick fury and if you got those two on the same screen i think that would make for a hell of a story and probably some comic gold in a way mm-hmm. between you know those two and uh i think it'd be interesting i think we talked about you know could phase four be this thing where they're going to build up these kind of two different superhero teams right your your traditional avengers and then this this other team of mercenary type people who are maybe kind of a a bad guy group that the avengers are constantly doing battle with or, or conflicting with you know on earth until something bigger comes along and then they have to find a way to work together you know it could make for a, a neat kind of storyline i don't know it, it, it's yeah. a lot of potential that's really interesting there is a lot of potential and i like the fact that um it happened out of order because from what i also understand uh this character was supposed to be introduced in the black widow movie which was supposed to have come out by now um it yeah. did not and honestly uh i think this was better i think i would not have been so um, excited about it had i known that this character existed from a previous movie and i think you know this introduction to her where you're like well what who is she like what is her role going to be and then mm-hmm. again we get the small small clip very well delivered very well acted and now we're left to wonder like what's going on and so we're going to get backstory when the black widow movie comes out and i think it's right. better and i think it's actually better in that order i don't uh, i feel like the reveal you know her cameo would have been uh, fell flat I think if we had known who she was it's like oh she was in that movie and if it had nothing to of con- you know who knows I liked it this yeah. way because now we're left now we can look forward to the new movie because I really wasn't looking forward to a Black Widow movie so yeah I, I, I've always said that too and I, I was I was with people who, who said does a Black Widow movie need to be made like what is yeah. that serving what purpose are we serving here like it feels late to the game um you know but I can see how now I do think it does provide some intrigue to the Black Widow movie um yeah. because now you're going because before i've been like yeah i'll watch it i guess i don't know you know it sounds interesting you know but uh we already know where that character's gone yeah it's supposed to set up some sort of thing for phase four maybe we just got a, a, a bit of a, a preview of that and maybe this preview is exactly the teaser they needed to drum up more interest in black widow yeah so i thought that was great um but in this anti-hero thing so it seems as seems as if they wrapped up the zemo storyline pretty finitely for now um you know but it was obviously with bucky having uh grown up a little bit so to speak you know the the whole fake execution thing i thought was very well done uh, a couple of couple things though um ao telling him not to come to wakanda anytime soon fascinating yep. Uh, also, this little checked out item from Wakanda that we didn't see yet. 
And yep. I want to I want to dive into that a little bit because so Zemo was getting sent to the raft. I'm not sure if you heard yep. that part, which yep, was the prison, which yeah, which was the prison that Steve broke into uh, in Civil War, if I'm not mistaken. And that's correct. So so it can be broken. Uh, yeah, yeah Civil you. War. Yep. Yep. So it can be broken into, um, but it's that that's where he's going to be. So theoretically speaking, if he makes it there. Uh, he could be there for a while unless, of course, he's broken out or, or needed for something else or something like that. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think about that. I think, you know, we go back to your, your anti-hero team, right? And you think, well, mm -hmm. who better to break out Simo from the raft and what other villains that may be in there than John Walker, you know, as directed mm -hmm. by uh, Val, whatever her name, Contessa, Val, whatever her name was, you know? Yep. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of potential there. I think that, that could be interesting. Yeah, you're right. They wrapped that up. They wrapped that up well. Um, and yes. then you're right. Yeah, the, the next part is what did what did uh, Wakanda deliver? Um, I think it's not a big surprise that it's it's clearly a a Captain America suit. I would bet for Sam. So um, that's that's I think the popular opinion, but I have maybe a not so popular opinion. What if it's the Black uh, Panther suit? Oh, interesting. I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think it is either. Hey, maybe but, you're right. Maybe you're right. But I was like, well, that would be interesting because they, you know, they foreshadowed all of this with why would any self-respecting black man be Captain America? But a self-respecting black man could totally be, um, you know, because maybe Black Panther, maybe the way that they split off. This is the way that they deal with the Black Panther issue is that Black Panther now is not a part of Wakandan culture anymore because they've seen what happened with that. They've learned from the experience with Killmonger. And so now Black Panther can just be sort of like a superhero ish. Like he doesn't need to be Wakanda necessarily because throughout that whole movie, they talked about how Wakanda needed to be outside of, you know, they needed to stop being isolated. They needed to start sharing and all these other things. And so they're now without their king because, you know, we, we essentially don't know this in the, in the canon yet, but he has died in real life. Uh, it would be a fascinating fascinating twist in my opinion because they could set it up that way and bucky could be captain america all of a sudden now things seem to work out very interesting i think it would be not received very well because they're like oh what so like sam can't be captain america but they have they have posed the question very well of maybe sam thinks about it and is like you know i know i can do this right but will i ever be accepted i I think he would. I think the only way to guarantee that he would is for him to do it. See, I look at it differently. I don't think that neat idea. Neat idea. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with you on this one. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, and, and it's not because I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. I but, could be uh, wrong. But <laughs> no. no, I'm probably wrong. But it, it dawned on me. I was like, it's probably a Captain America suit. But boy, how hilarious would it be? Or, or how it's interesting. It's, it's wrong because it's devastating to my case uh, that I, that uh, Sam was going to eventually come to terms and become Captain oh, America true. at the end of this. Um, no, but I, I think that uh, I felt like that the, the things he spoke to his sister about when he's like, I, you know, uh, I must, you know, it, it wouldn't be very big of me to, to not fight. And I think that, you know, part of that is if he takes on the Captain America role, I think it becomes a way to kind of prove that, no, they will accept him and they will accept him because he is the right person for it. And, and I could see that being as like kind of a healing moment for the shield in a way. Yeah. That now, being said, your, your idea is very much, it would be an incredible twist. I just don't know that they actually... I, I, 
I find it hard to believe that they rewrote this that way because I don't know that yeah. it was. I mean, it was initially supposed to come out in the fall of 2020 mm-hmm. before WandaVision and Chadwick Boseman died in the summer. Oh, yeah. So I just think that would be uh, maybe, you know, maybe all the reshoots. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe that's why it got delayed. Maybe it wasn't COVID. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, but I have a feeling that, and, and this kind of comes to the point of, you know, uh, I think my dad brought up, he's like, yeah, well, I get he's going to be Captain America, but how is he going to fight these people? We just saw what happened when the last guy was a super soldier. How's mm-hmm. he supposed to, like, how's he supposed to survive? You know, like, we just, we talked about that with the last guy. What makes Sam any different, right? Oh, he's a better person. Oh, cool. That doesn't help you take hits from a super soldier any better. Agreed. You know? And so then my thought was, well, you know, Bucky solved that problem because he went to Wakanda and he said, I need another favor. And what did we learn is that Wakanda can design a vibranium suit that can help deliver impacts and things like that, like they did for, for the Black Panther. And so maybe the idea of the combination of his prowess with the wings, if they if they incorporate the wings into it and a vibranium suit, basically they can help him with delivering power type flows, maybe is enough to give him the edge he needs, plus the shield, is enough to give him the edge he needs to fight, you know, these battles. And the fact that Bucky was like, well, when you figure something out, call me, I'll always be there. Mm-hmm. I could see that being like, his his ace in the hole is, is, is Bucky. You know, he does have a super soldier on his side at all times. I don't know. Very, very possible. I think that they're setting it up in a lot of ways. Um, I think they've also foreshadowed to Torres being the new Falcon when he's like, you can keep the wings. Um, so I think that that's, I think that works with the canon. I'm pretty sure that that's uh, how things went. I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you that at the, that's the end game here. Um, but it just dawned on me that, but that would be interesting. You're right. That would be really, really interesting. Well, it (laughs) dawned on me because I'm like, if it's the captain America suit, why the hell don't they just show it? Like, that's not really like him putting on the suit isn't that symbolic it's being told that he is the captain america like being empowered by the country to be captain america is what everybody's looking for right or right. is it because the suit is just a suit like steve rogers right. was captain america suit or no suit um right. and that's what we learned through john walker is you can make him look like captain america he's not to make him captain america yep. yeah and so i was just like it probably is the suit and it would be a, it would be very straightforward if it was but boy it makes you think a little bit and in that time period where yeah. we get to think until friday i thought yeah wouldn't that be interesting yeah. um but how much of a favor would that be from you know what i mean like it, you're well, you're right in a lot of senses like it wouldn't really match the you need to do me a favor but um who knows yeah i just i uh yeah i guess the why the suit matters is because it was designed by the Wakandans, you know, vice. Uh, yeah. Did they make like him one for Infinity War? Like when he was there, did he get a new one? Who? Steve. He got a shield from them in Infinity War, but he didn't have okay. a suit because he's a super soldier. He just wore whatever the hell he wanted, really. All right. I didn't know uh, if the suit my thought that he was, wore was. Yeah, my was thought was like, that maybe yeah. there was, you know, the idea behind this was Steve knew that, or not Steve, Bucky knew that, like, in this coming fight, like Sam, Sam needed help, you yeah. know, and he needs technology, right? Like Iron Man was able to fight because of Iron Man, because of the Iron Man, you know, like, uh, same thing comes along with, you know, Falco was able to fight before because of the wings, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that like 
but even the wings proved impossible. You know, weren't weren't enough to stop John Walker. John Walker just ripped the wings right off. Yeah, you know, because he's just stronger than them. You mm-hmm. know, so he needs he needs even more help to make you know to, to for this fight to happen successfully. And so maybe that's that's my thought behind why they maybe they didn't show it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Another thing that uh, dawned on me too afterward was the end credit, the the you know mid credit scene, which they haven't done in this series up until now. I think there was a whole yeah. bunch of them in WandaVision, but they hadn't done it until. No, then. you know there, there just wasn't. One? They waited. They waited till the last two episodes in WandaVision as okay. well to do All the right. the mid credit. They did mid credit scenes starting the second to last episode, I think. Yeah. And then they did a mid credit and an end credit in the WandaVision finale. So I'm wondering if we'll. We saw a mid-credit in this one. I wonder if we'll see the same type concept in the uh, finale. So there was something that happened in the last, in that mid-credit scene. And I think it's something I spoke to maybe two episodes ago. But I told you that in the comic book in the last 10 years or so, that at some point Captain America became a part of Hydra, right? Yep. So they ran that storyline, yep. Yep, they ran that storyline. Well... When they showed John Walker making his own shield, they only showed him painting the color red. So, um, and we don't know if he received the phone call from Val. uh, And we also don't know like what's happened. So is it possible that this is the, that he's creating this because, not because he's going rogue with the shield himself, because you know, who knows, that's probably what it is, but it made me think, I'm wondering, is this the Captain America storyline with him being a part of Hydra where he's making his own shield, but it's not the same shield. It's like right. a Hydra looking shield. And I thought that's because they showed us just enough to intrigue us, but not enough to let us know. I have a feeling it's just the shield shield itself, but mm-hmm. isn't that going to be a total knockoff though? Like how, because the real shield is made in Wakanda. So how the hell uh, is hey, he going to well, pass well, it off as it, the real well, one? The real shield was made by Stark, right? Well, um, yeah, it's but... vibranium, but it is vibranium. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I'm wondering, like, you know, like, I think it would be it would be better if it wasn't uh, red, white, and blue shield with the star, especially because, yeah. like, I feel like since he got so like, uh, you know, just destroyed by the by the government, like, why would he want to rep their colors anymore? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, kind of like, wait a minute, what? Why would I want to? unless he's trying to prove a point, you know, oh, I am good enough. Um, so I could see maybe, maybe it does look like the Captain America shield. Maybe his plan is to try to come save the day. Maybe. I don't know if there's some fight that ensues between how he wants to do it and how Sam want, how Sam and Bucky want to go down. I could see like kind of a conflict arising there, him being beaten because the good guys will likely always win. Um, yep. Him being beaten, and then in his going away, he he transitions his loyalties, and maybe the shield gets reformed. I don't know what he made the shield out of. I don't know if it's made out of vibranium or not. But if it's not, I can't imagine it's nearly as useful. That's what I mean. How could he get? How could he make it out of vibranium though? Unless he had somebody supply it to him. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I That's guess why... all questions to be answered, huh? <laughs> they will. Yes, they will be answered. But it was just some. I like to drop a little nuggets of, of possible predictions. Uh, yeah. We got another glimpse into. I've rethought this, by the way. They've got a. We got another glimpse into Sharon. I'm not actually sure she's the power broker right now because I feel like it's now too on the nose for her to be the power broker. So yeah, I, uh, I'm on the point now where I just assumed like you were right. I was like, yeah, she's probably the power broker. Yeah, because I mean, she, she probably just seems is. to be in that role. 
But now um, I'm questioning myself because I'm like, well, they've gone out of our way, out of their way. Like, uh, what's the guy's name um, that uh, met up with Carly at the end? Well, um, I think what's interesting, it seems like she called him. Am I right? She did call him. That's what I'm saying. And, so and that's why I'm like, well, with, she's also dealing with Carly in some way. So yes. it's very interesting because now she's literally playing against both sides. So your double agent thing could be correct, but also it seems like if she's the power broker, maybe Carly doesn't know who the power broker is. They just know of the power broker. Yeah, so it's yeah. very possible that, yeah, that, I mean, if you think about it from, from the power broker's perspective, they do gain to be aligned with the flag smashers in the end. So right. um, it's not as if it's, it's not as if it's out of the realm of possibility, but they're, it's becoming, they're leading me by the nose so much in that one that I'm like, man, I know yeah. that I felt good about this victory lap, but I feel like maybe I'm not, maybe it's not a good thing. Maybe they're going to swerve us at the end because you know, they, who definitely knows? Could. Yeah. they definitely could. There's a lot that could happen. So this was the longest episode, uh, for yep. sure. And, and, uh, you said it was excellent, but what was your feeling on a grade here? Uh, yeah, I, I give this one an A, uh, as well this is I, I just this whole series has just been great um they've built it up very very well i know a lot of people didn't like maybe people didn't like the slow part of it uh you know i kind of look at this as the empire strikes back right it's the uh it's that very very important middle scene where you kind of gain all this character development and understanding about who people are and what everything's going forward in preparation for the big final final uh you know closure of the of the of the series yeah and, yeah. and either way, whether you're right or I'm right, whether it be the Black Panther suit or the Captain America suit, you know, there's people who go, well, what about the next season of Falcon and Winter Soldier? I was like, well, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to have another season of Falcon and Winter Soldier if it's Black Panther and Winter Soldier or Captain America and Winter Soldier. You can't really call it Falcon and Winter Soldier again. So I still think this is a one and done type thing. I may be wrong, they, but. They've been very mum, mum's the word, as it, as it were, with the, the future of the series. So. Uh, we're not sure how many, if they're going to continue on this, but what I do know is that if there's no finite ending, like we got a finite ending to WandaVision. So, yeah. you know, all right, we got a nine, nine episode, uh, origin movie, as you called it. Now you can kind of insert her anywhere you want. Um, it'd be interesting to see what she does with herself after all of that, because mm -hmm. like, <laughs> what is she going to go do? Um, she still lost everything. That's the other part about Wanda that I'm not sure about. But in this right. one, if we get some type of a big reveal, uh, it, it but without real conclusion, it does tell me that there's going to be a second season. So um, yeah. we'll just have to find out. I mean, this, yeah, this, ep, I mean, this show this show makes sense for a second season though because there's a yeah. lot that they're trying to do. I think my prediction is that you know it it serves as a way to set up the new Captain America. Kind of the whole idea of a legacy there there can be a replacement of the original that people equally like and can be useful and can serve a further purpose yeah. and just like all the original origin movies set up the avengers team up i think it's that start of hey we're going to tell you how the new captain america came to be and then we're going to tell you how there's this burgeoning you know organization that's about to cause a bunch of trouble and this is the reason why we need the avengers you know, so I think maybe, you know, that's, and I think that's, you know, you look at it dovetails in, you get the, the Black Widow movie, I think is, I don't know what it's going to do. Maybe it'll help kind of help clarify what that bad guy organization is with yeah. the Contessa. Um, but then you get the Shang-Chi 
Did I say that right? Yeah. I and the so. uh, Ten Rings, like uh, another way, you know, building up another hero, if you will, that could that's going to be fighting, you know, some sort of organization. Is the Ten Rings, you know, are they going to be, you know, related to this other bad organization? Are these kind of are these uh, the kind of earthly problems that we're going to see the new Avengers, if you will, taking on? Um, while we prep and start building stuff for something, I, they're always. I'm assuming they're always building something bigger. Oh, yeah. We see them kind of prepping this, and so I could see this being a single a single run thing as your way of getting your new Captain America and, and kind of uh, Bucky coming to terms. And you know, now it could be possible you could spin off to a Bucky series where, like, yeah. So you know, he yeah, you get this kind of like you know 1980s Hulk series where he goes around doing right to try to cleanse his soul, you know. Going from city to city, hoping the next city is a leap home or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know. That's true. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about. We'll have a lot to talk about next week. I think uh, after yeah. we talk about the finale, uh, we should do a little bit of going over what's in the future for the Marvel series because I know Loki yeah. doesn't drop until June, so there's a until large June, lull, yeah. large lull yeah. there. But there's a lot of things to tie in. I, I honestly want to go back and watch uh some of the marvel movies that we've seen up until this point and kind of see what now maybe stands out and makes more sense uh, with these characters now that we've known a little bit more about them so i thought it was good uh i'm looking forward to friday for sure um i just hope it wraps up well like i said i was i don't want to say disappointed with the wandavision finale but it it for some reason didn't resonate as much with me and i feel like i don't want that to happen here because i've been enraptured and maybe it's because i didn't like wandavision as much as this i i i've i love this i liked wandavision too i thought it was entertaining yeah uh but it wasn't like it didn't it was it was intriguing and and then it became not as intriguing once you figured some things out uh as intriguing yeah. but in this one they're trying to tie up so many different things this the writing has been really good uh, WandaVision took uh, risks in presentation. It took risks in, um, you know, how they were doing certain things like cinematography elements and so forth that I think were different than what we're seeing here. This is more straightforward, but man, it looks good. It sounds good. The fight scenes are so good. Um, yeah, they really just, are. Oh, so, so, so well good. Choreographed. I know yeah. it's, it is, it's amazing. So I loved it, but uh, so anyway um well we'll see what happens next week i'm hoping that at least one of our predictions come true i hope that the episode is good and uh it'll leave us with a lot to talk about i'm sure and then we can uh we can plan for the future and see what uh what marvel's got coming up their sleeves because uh i feel like we got to continue this train man it's been a good it's been a good run so far it's like a snort of cocaine for five weeks um (laughs) and now we're making it out of here so Anyway, Mike, I appreciate your time. Uh, everybody listening, uh, we will wrap this up next week. And I think uh, Mike and Mike might stick around for Fridays. After that, we'll we'll figure something out. But it's been a, it's yeah, been a nice little a nice change, a different voice around here. And, yeah, we'll see uh, if we can fit it in at least. Maybe not every Friday, but maybe every once in a while, I'll try to jump in here and there just because see what I can fit in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she said. And uh, anyway, and on that note, amazing. Um, oh, yes, phrasing. <laughs> yes, I will leave you all. Have a Have a great Wednesday, everybody, and uh, I will talk to you on Friday. Have a good day, Mike. Later.